The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Raw Rugby Podcast for 2023. I'm Brett McKay. We're back for what should have been the first pot of the year, but no one does off-season drama quite like the game of rugby. Uh, a big thanks to our the Raw Rugby editor, Christy Doran, for handing back the keys to the pod. Uh, his final pre-season chats will follow over the next week and a bit before the start of, the, of Super Rugby Pacific as well. If you've not checked out his ch- chats yet with Kevin Foote from the Melbourne Rebels, Darren Cohen from New South Wales, and the ACT Brumby, Stephen Larkham, they are great chats, well worth listening to, and you will pick up some great coaching insight. Uh, and the force of Simon Cron and Queensland's Brad Thorne will be every bit as enlightening when they drop very, very soon. So on to the new season of Weekly Pods, and it's great to have back for another year a man who's been barely containing his enthusiasm for the new rugby year, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. <clears throat> Let's get in, Brett. <laughs> so, um, you how know, you been, know, mate? It's been okay. I've been losing weight. You know, started, I started in the off-season. Off I was like a, you know, overweight, retired prop. I'm mm. working my way down to maybe just like, uh, you know, number 12. I'm really feeling pretty fit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've, I have a little bit of, of anxiety. Like, you know, it's been a while. I'm not sure we know how to, to part anymore. <laughs> no, I was writing my run sheet over the course of the weekend. And I thought, is that how we did it? And I had to check back on a few, I have to admit. So uh, <laughs> you talked about you talked about being being the size of a prop before. You might have been the size of someone to fit in this Fijian and Drua jersey, which you, which is one of my NRC uh, acquisition yeah uh, you helped me acquire this one it is enormous uh, people can't see this but it is enormous it's it's a large size but i realized that, that uh large means a different thing when the other tag says made in fiji <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 fiji and large mate it, i just so much has happened over the off season i just want to run you through just a couple of little dot points that I've just that I've just kept notice of, you know, just over just over the little bit. So just going backwards, okay. Most recently, Jean de Villiers caught a shoplifter. Dan McKellar is on the Leicester shortlist. Dane Coles has announced his impending retirement. The Fijian and Drua, the Super Rugby version, terminated the contract of Vinaya Hambalsi, but there's also then reports that he's heading to France in 2024 anyway. Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett have have signed to join the Toyota for Blitz from 2024. Um, uh, Gregor Townsend told the Rugby Pod on Rugby Pass, which is now World Rugby Owned, that the Jackal should be banned. And all of that happened in the last week and a bit. <laughs> like it's it's been it's been a nuts off season, hasn't it? What a beautiful, beautiful game. And also, yeah. really, if you're going to be a criminal, don't do it around us rugby players because it's just <laughs> no. it's just tackle no. practice. Yeah, if you haven't seen the uh, the CC the, the little video of the CC vision of Jean de Villiers catching a, a a shoplifter in in his local supermarket, uh, actually brilliantly edited. It's very very well done. I can certainly recommend. You yeah, check it it's, out. The only, it's the only time he really made a tackle. Actually, <laughs> well, well, the tackle is actually out of shot. He just sort of comes back in with the guy. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, we're, yeah. we're we're looking forward to this season, aren't we? We've got a new recording pl- platform, so you'll hopefully hear us sounding a bit better. We're exploring uh, video options as well, which perhaps will be in place for the international season. And we've got some solid ideas forming around the Rugby World Cup, haven't we? So we... And our travel, our travel budget is stacked. I mean, it's unbelievable. Is it? Yeah. Is it, is it two-way? No, it's special code. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some things, some things never change. highly right? corrupted. Yeah, it's uh, run by Bernard change. Laporte. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Uh, also, we debuted as the number one sports podcast in Fiji this week. We topped Eddie. We knocked him off number one. I don't know. I don't know how we did that. That's all. Chris yeah, is doing, obviously. He's, he's partying like he coaches. He already has his favourites. He's got the blind spots. <laughs> so we're going to take him. Don't worry. We're going to take him. We're going to take him. All right, mate. Let's let's get into it. I'm really looking forward to our first guest of the year, um, and it's a familiar voice for anyone who's listening to us to an Australian rugby pod in the last few years. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the pod's Brisbane studio for the first time this season. It's wonderful to have a very familiar Australian rugby voice on the Raw Rugby podcast for the very first time. It is the former host of the original Green and Gold Rugby podcast, none other than Rugby Reg Roberts. 
Hello, mate. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Brett and Harry. You reckon you guys are rough after an off-season of not podcasting? <laughs> I think it must be two or three years for me, so take it easy. Mate, you're in the you're in good company here. You can just sit back and relax. You know, this is exactly what you used to tell me once a year when you had me on the old Gaga pod. It's just, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> we'll I've, just I've, start putting in our seat. We could do, yeah. Um, I have got a confession for you, Harry, and I've been meaning to, one of the reasons that I wanted to have Reg on from the outset. Now, I know we haven't put it for a while, but you know what my closing line is each week. You know what I say at the end of each episode? Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, something about your ears. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back in your ears next week. We'll be back in your ears next week is actually a tribute to the green and gold guys, uh, particularly Matt Rowley, Reg, who used to end the original Gagger pod by saying... Thank you for letting you us remember. come in your ears. Yeah, thanks for letting us come in your ears. Exactly right. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. That was it. So, God, we'll that's horrible, in- coming in your ears. <laughs> So that was my. It was slightly... the high point of our podcast, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a great closing. I'm line. very visual in the way I listen, and I was, that's really disturbing me. Coming to <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was my Queen take on Zander. that. That's a that's a that's a tribute to, to you guys, Reg. So um, you know, as a little bit of the of the green and gold pod lives on. Uh, with us, so I'm sure Matt won't won't mind us this. Um, let's get into it, Reg. The, the big off season news, of course, was the sacking of Dave Rennie as as Wallaby coach. Um, but for all the talk uh, since from former schoolboy teammates, from former from former players, from what feels like every ex Wallaby ever coached by Eddie Jones ever, no one has, has asked the average Australian rugby perspective. And I thought, well, let's get the average Australian rugby fan on. Reg Roberts. You, Reg, you're you're average. The, you're average. You're the, the most average, of the average rugby income. fan. <laughs> so, so what was your reaction, mate? I'm, I'm intrigued to know this because you know we, we've all everyone's had their say on social media, but like, were you as blown away about it as as we were a month ago? Yeah, literally blown away. I, I did not see it coming, and then you know I think we all you know knew something was happening the timing was right losing the england gig rennie under pressure but we assume, oh, i don't know personally i assumed he might you know they might try some overseer role with rennie i didn't think that would work but uh, when i i think i was at work that morning i saw it come across the wires i think tommy decent from uh, sydney morning herald might have broken it or uh, alluded to it at least and genuinely couldn't get my head around it i i, I mm. did not see it coming from a long way um, so it took me a while to process it, to be honest, um, and probably still processing it since. Yeah, it feels like we're going to be processing it for the next few months, I think, until he until he gets something. I mean, we spoke about it a month ago, Harry. has. I mean, it's been full blast <coughs> since. We're, we're in proper eddy mode now in Australia. Yeah, that's what he does, actually. He floods the zone. Mm. I mean, there's going to be nothing else for a while, and that's actually the good thing and the bad thing. I think I've said it might be the very best decision made by Rugby Australia for 2023, maybe the worst for, mm. the, for the years after. Um, when that effect kicks in, when, when you starved all the oxygen and assistant coaches are stymied and leave, and maybe co- you know, players like Max Malins, you know, in the doldrums, but then they come back in, uh, or favorites like Benny, mm. Billy Benipola get you know play no matter what their form is. Mm. I think that effect takes a while to play out. You know, and initially I think it's good, but um, you know I, w- I want to point out one thing. I think Chris Doran broke the story, but our 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 brother Christy Doran, what he does when he breaks stories is he just he writes every iteration of every story, and so he always breaks every story. <laughs> I love yeah. you, Christy. Yeah, look, prol- prolific is the word. No, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, ha- have you been entirely caught up in the rhetoric, Reg? Are, are you are you absolutely convinced now that that Eddie Jones is the, the man to deliver for Australian rugby? Look, I, I am. I'm actually trying to ignore the rhetoric. So it doesn't change my opinion. Good luck. Um, yeah, I know. I, I've got to touch on the, the latest today, and this one is just a type of stuff I think Harry alludes to that starts creating a little bit of doubt in my mind where he was quoted as saying, um, I've been studying the great thieves in the world, and they all have characteristics. They all have those characteristics. So we've got to make sure we've got that on our staff. So I don't know if yeah. he's trying to assemble his own Ocean's Eleven, his Eddie's Eleven sort of thing. But, but this is, you know... I want to know who's George Clooney and who's Brad Pitt. I'm suspecting James O'Connor and Quade Cooper. But I look, I 
you've got to put that aside. He's doing his bit to raise profile and create discussion and conversation about the game, and he's doing that better than we've had probably yeah. since Eddie, you know? Um, yeah. But it, it's phenomenal the, the change in the presence of rugby in this country at the moment. Yes. Um, which, which, is, which is the obvious benefit at the moment. The sustainability of that and kind of the, it's got to come to a stage where the proof has got to be in the pudding. Um, and that's where a lot of the, you know, the people without the, the I guess, the, the parochialism of myself start sort of uh, sort of pushing back a little, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And I've sort of written along these lines for my first column of the year um, on, on Tuesday and, and this, very much on that same line that, like, he's, he's box office. There's no doubting that. And, you know, you've only got to look at his... His brand new podcast goes straight to not just the number one Australian rugby podcast, but the Australian sport podcast. And it went, I think it debuted in the top 30 Australian podcasts yeah. of all categories. So, like, and it went, it debuted, I think the other night I was looking at the charts and he was top 10, like, in 25 different countries. So he is absolutely international box office. But I read that quote that you're talking about that, you know, we're, we're going to be surrounded by thieves. And I thought, you're talking about assistant coaches here. <laughs> like, like, what, what are we? What? <laughs> what's the? What is he on about, Harry? What does that possibly mean? Uh, it's no. Eddie's right about this. The whole point of rugby is to be a criminal. Like, you know, the reason why <laughs> we are the only. You can in most sports you can play without a referee. Like, you can pick up mm. five on three on three basketball. You can play soccer without. Call your own fouls. Very high level tennis matches are adjudicated by the players themselves. In mm. golf, you actually, you know. You'd say what yeah, you true. did, and you're men of honor. Rugby, we're, we all like basically were just trying to do organized crime. And <laughs> Ireland is the best right now because they're basically playing like a mob, like a peaky yeah. blinders mob, but you know, with, yeah. with less, less cocaine. And you know, <laughs> when you go down, like Scotland's just a smash and grab, hit and run, you know, bicycle mm. gang. But you know, there's different types of it. You know, you understand, you watch the swing box, I mean, you know, that's just really legalized assault. And um, the French trying to do that, you know, but not as good. And so it's really just, I think Eddie's uh, uh, onto something is the, um, you know, the, the nice guy, Dave Rennie, he always just seemed like a really nice guy. And I just mm. don't think that wins in rugby. Uh, I think, yeah. I think, I think it's criminals versus cops. And, you know, you're every single breakdown, you're trying to do something wrong and not get caught. Mm. That's what you do. So um, I think maybe there was a naivete that was taking root. You know, try hard, play hard, Dave Rennie. And it wasn't really working, and they were getting pinged anyway. So I think mm -hmm. maybe Eddie's being more realistic to say, we've got to have a harder edge. You know, that side of the draw is really tasty. You can you can see Australia just waltzing right in uh, to the quarters and semis. So I do think, I think he's onto something, that yeah. it's going to be bloody-minded teams that get to the, the final, the final uh, show. On the topic of his assistance, Reg, it, it really, and I said this from, from day one, it, it still feels very much like Dan McKellar is going to be so crucial if he can convince him to stay on for for the for the World Cup year at the very least. And, and I think Dan might be on for another year after that. But it feels like he is going to be central and, and crucial for, for the, in terms of continuity going forward. Yeah, you need that, don't you? I think um, it's such a short turnaround his dodge of the players um domestically and no doubt eddie's been watching and knows who's who but i think mckellar's got that intimate knowledge of so many let alone the brumbies but also <laughs> who he's coached against but then obviously he's been mm. with the wallabies this year as well and look there's already talk about mckellar looking for other options and as you would professional coaches contracts mean nothing these days so um uh, we know the history of Eddie with assistant coaches. It goes all the way back to when he coached the Wallabies and yeah. used to churn through them by the month almost. So there's got to be a bit of, bit of wariness in there, and I think that plays obviously into the Scotty Wisemandle decision not to um, continue on his role as assistant coach. Perhaps he had a head, heads up there and just knew that he, what he was getting into and just in, and just wasn't ready for that with all due respect. So mm -hmm. um, Dan is critical, um, as will be Laurie Fisher, assuming he'll be in place. That's a fascinating dynamic. To, to, they, I don't and know if they've coached together before, but... That is something that really interests me. There, there would have been a little bit of overlap at the Brumbies. Um, Laurie was first coming through as a development or as an academy coach when when Eddie was still coaching here in the late 90s, 
early 2000s it would have been so like yeah, 2000 2001 i suppose um so they would have been a little bit of crossover but yeah you that would be an interesting dynamic because they <clears throat> both definitely have their ideas about about rugby about coaching i mean what are we hearing names wise in terms of assistant coaches i mean laurie fisher is going to be in the mix but the question is going to be then whether he wants to commit full-time to an assistant role it was the reason why he only took the defense role on for the spring tour and the the rugby championship on last year is basically six-week blocks so are we hearing any names are you hearing any names uh, up in queensland Oh no, nothing, nothing too secretive. I mean, I I go back to the the Ocean's Eleven or the the the, the thieves, the panel of thieves, and, and quite legitimately, I think he's onto something. And Harry has got a, a perspective on the hard nose, hard edge that Australia definitely needs. But that coaching team is really important. Is you know much like Ocean's Eleven or Kaleidoscope, which I think is the big thing on Netflix. You got to pick those people with those crucial roles, um, with those specific skills that are going to meet those specific needs for that job. Um, but then the important thing is how they work together, and you, you see that beautifully in a you know scripted movie like Ocean's Eleven, where they're all interacting and 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 mm. it all just flows into one beautiful outcome. And that's what we've got to try and create here. So, mm. oh, that's a challenge to do in a couple of months. Eddie's Eddie, so he's going to pick a league coach. It seems par for the course. The talk is Mike McGuire. My interest in league has sort of fallen over the years, so I don't know what that means. But I've heard mixed reports. Some he's a great people manager, but he's also mm. I think been associated with the Tigers, which can't be good for anyone. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and look, that is the name that, that was thrown around very early on. Um, it it it's it drew a a very quick rebuke from Maguire himself, and he reiterated his employment with the Canberra Raiders and, and Ricky Stewart, as particularly, and their old their old teammates. Um, but it does feel like, doesn't it? It does feel like Eddie Jones has what he wants to bring in a league influence of some sort and this i mean this goes back almost to john muggleton days yeah when he was first yeah. involved in it in, in in the wallabies yeah yeah absolutely and to to great success and you know mm. peter ryan had his time as a an assistant coach yeah. um various locations including recently with the reds until sort of just pre-covid and stuff so there's options out there ryan might be an interesting one i, I don't i'm assuming he's doing a bit of broncos stuff now i think it's a bit of contract mm. work the other is our attack coach i mean that's the one you know <laughs> Yeah. or backs coach whatever you want to call it obviously again wise mantles moving on uh what do we what do we look for there is it you know another part-time gig through um through super rugby there's rumors of yeah. pete hewitt possibly which which would be interesting yeah. he's had a bit more experience and been running things up in japan um you know you'd question whether you'd throw larkin straight into it straight away i'm not too sure but yeah there's gaps to fill but uh, you know by all reports in a couple of weeks we'll know Mate, I'm disappointed here. I thought you would have had a long list of Queenslanders ready and willing to just jump straight in here. Mate, I, I'd do it just like the Brumby success and, and just make Quaid's uh, coach, assistant coach. Um, there and then, you know. Um, Eddie can sit on the sidelines and talk to the yeah. media and we'll get Quaid running things in the middle. Yeah, look, it's just crazy enough to work. What's some names floating around, Harry? Who, who should Eddie Jones be talking to from, a, from an assistant coach point of view? Yeah, I don't know. This is actually the most crucial part of all, right? Mm. I think that I don't know that there's some mystery, you know, um, mm. tribe of rugby players running around in uh, remote Queensland that no one's found that Eddie can bring in and change everything. There's going to be the basic 40 guys. Gee, it'd right? be good if they were. So They're um, all playing state school, so no one's looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's relationships with his cohort that's always um, mm. been, like, and he's really intense, so I think it's actually a very good analogy to do a crime because, it's a, you know, you're going in, getting the money and getting out. Uh, it's what happens, you know, next, you know, who spends all the money and, and who sleeps with the wrong guy or whatever. So, um uh, Eddie, Eddie, I think, has to find relationships that work for him in a nine-month period or whatever it is, six-month period. Um, I don't know. And I've always wondered, maybe Reg has better insight, like what, what goes wrong with Eddie in those meetings? Is it because he's not sleeping and he's working and he's so focused and everyone else has to match him? Um, is it, you know, snark, sarcasm? There's something that pets, puts people on edge. A guy like Laurie Fisher is not going to take any crap, right? Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, Harry, and, and and that's exactly why Laurie's I'm fascinated by is it's that expectation. Eddie, as we all know, is is one of the hardest workers in rugby. Is high expectations um, for himself, um, for his assistant coaches, and obviously his players, and that's caused all sorts of um, concerns in the past. And I think that was some of the early feedback already. I remember Roger Gould was assistant coach for maybe a couple of weeks, um, and just realised that uh, 
he didn't have the didn't have the patience for Eddie or or maybe vice versa. But um, it was just that <laughs> expectation mm. expectation thing, and and that's where um, it all is so fascinating. I mean, on your one half, you're a budding assistant coach. You'd you'd love to work with one of the world's best, um, go to the World Cup potentially. Um, but at the same time, are you quite ready to to deal with the mental ordeal that comes with it? <laughs> the, uh, the 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 two thousands. 2007 scars in Queensland are still pretty raw, aren't they? <laughs> Mate, and you asked me about the average rugby public. The average <laughs> rugby public in Queensland, uh, or look, maybe not all of them, but a fair chunk I've spoken to, uh, furious slash petrified. You know? <laughs> Steady yeah. at the game. And, and fair enough, Queensland. And, and, you know, that was... A disastrous year. Oh, no, I watched one of those old great classic games on Stan the other day of, of that year just because I wanted to. And it was early Quaid and early Will and all early yeah. Hall. And geez, it was good. Um, you know, they, they did some good stuff. But anyway, but look, the, the way he left the game, I mean, I've always had concerns about the overstructured way he left coaching. Yeah. And I still see it with juniors, you know, having three boys come through the junior um, ranks and and see how overly structured rugby is now. It's yeah. it's more drills and skills. And and yeah. I you know I remember hearing stories of Eddie you know dividing the field and uh, to rows and columns. And when you're in A seven, you did this, and in H four, you did this, and with and just took that thinking out of it. Telling Al Baxter yeah. you're there to scrum and you're not allowed to touch the ball. And it just it changed the game where we we came from this great mm. generation of Bobby Dwyer and and you know the early amateur years and even McQueen, um, where he had smart, albeit once in a generation players, you know, it's, it's easy to be the best in the world where you've got three or four of our greatest ever players. But yeah. um, we played this great footy and, and, you know, we were resilient. We found ways to win and all that sort of stuff to this post-Eddie era where we we used to scoff at Robbie Eaton saying, I've got to teach these play guys what's to play in front, what's of, in front you. of them. And everyone's like, oh, that's ridiculous. Without actually knowing, yeah. these guys have forgotten how to play rugby. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we want to play what's in front of you. I had... I, I had a, a cricketer say, a professional state-level cricketer say that in a press conference just last week, and I had yeah, to right. bite my lip. I had – because it's – like, it's a – it's a it should be obvious, Harry, but, but, but Reg is right. The game has become so structured now to the point that now that Ireland are playing like they are, they're standing out because they have got so many facets to their game. Yeah, but it's still – it's – what's making ireland really cook is that there's so many options like within their pods there's you know greater options yeah. people are doing it at speed there's a certain freedom i watched a schoolboy version of the leinster i watched st michael's versus black rock and it was fascinating to see that they were playing at that level like they wanted to be tie furlong like the props yeah, were right. were playing like that and i think yeah. so for australia and i'll just say which is what stuart lancaster told you yeah. last year wasn't it yeah. exactly and it, it goes all the way down so i think for australia there's the longer story that you know like grassroots you know when i went to east rugby club in um in sydney i was watching everyone trying to be a jackal like everyone in the field yeah. was jackaling and you know i do think it it trickles down and what's happening at top is what you're mimicking we all did that when mm. we were kids I want to play like, you know, I want to make a break and run. Like, who are you emulating? For yeah. me, Australian rugby has always been at, at its best when it mimics the best of the national quality. Um, and this is from the outside. But, you know, plucky, irreverent, individualistic, um, almost like cracking a joke as you're going to get your capital punishment. You know, just a real Aussie kind of thing. And that's what Eddie can bring, I agree. But if it gets too structured, then you lose. You're not going to match up against the Ireland's, the box, no. the French of the world, the French, if you just yeah. go head to head, you have to have everything go kind of wrong. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why Aussies were the best POW survival rate because they just couldn't be beaten, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what would make these upset victories or or glory. So I think there's something there. And I think it's it's very tempting as a coach to make coaching the most important part of this. But I'm not sure that's really going to work in Australia. I think it's going to have to be where the expression of the players comes through more. So yeah. that's my overall concern is that Eddie will make it more Eddie-centric. Um, and that might work this year because of the draw. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Wales is whether, literally whether forgotten how to play rugby. Yeah. Five years' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Um, Reg, the last last question on, on this. Do you, do you feel like that there's been a bit of history rewritten about Dave Rennie's reign? 
and I say that because <laughs> I say that because it feels like there's a narrative coming through, and and I've and I've got to say we're guilty of it on the raw at the moment. There's a narrative coming through that basically is running down this line of Eddie equals good, Rennie equals bad, and that's what it boils down to. And it just sort of feels like to me that comments that have been said, even comments by Hamish McLennan, dare I say it, are oh. completely counter to what he was saying not four months ago. And I, yeah. I just wonder if, it, like, it's 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 opportunist. This whole thing is opportunist. But I just wonder if if there's some beans, is there's some short memories floating around about about Dave Rennie's Wallabies gig. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I'm, I I gotta say, for a guy who hasn't really put much put it wrong that kumbaya quote by mclennan just riled me wrong like it was mm. to, to insinuate that that's what rennie was doing so abruptly you know so soon after his is that sacking it just really put me off unfortunately look it's really interesting point so, so there's no doubt in the world that dave has had the the toughest three-year period you could have as an international coach COVID hits take over your first four tests of the all blacks you know there's no easing up then mm. um and, and then you've um uh, let alone battling, you know, the, the players overseas. You've got that un, unknown uh, series versus France, which we we pulled off, albeit you know with a uh, second, maybe third string French team. Um, I mentioned Rob uh, Robbie Deans again, and and maybe it'll be the same. Deans was nigh on crucified for um, you know mm. probably the tail end of his coaching at the time, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But you look back now and what he achieved. And even there was a period there. I mean, remember those games we played in South Africa that were 48, 44s and, mm. and things like that. And we, we beat the All Blacks, you know, more than once. Um, yeah. And they're playing great rugby. And albeit, I think, a couple of times with Richard Graham as the, the attack coach, which must be noted. But um, I, I think you look back now and we probably realise that Robbie's a better coach than we gave him credit for. And some of the things he was saying about the issues with Australian rugby as opposed to just the Wallabies, we should have listened to and acted on. Um, mm. Dave's, um, we, who knows, we may do the same with Dave. He had some real high points there. He definitely had some low points, um, but was also probably, I would say, coaching and probably the toughest period that we've had in the professional age. Um, yeah. Can I counter that by saying, I think Eddie's the better option. I, I, I feel a lot more confident us going into the World Cup year um, this year than I did with Rennie. I gave us no chance with Dave, and and I think uh, you know, and it's there is no great um, insight or strategy behind that other than this Wallaby team needed a shake up. Yeah. Um, uh, we need a different perspective. We needed, and I, I sort of alluded to you. I've said it to a couple of guys. We need to be shaken out of our comfort zone because I just feel Australian rugby, and I've said this. It's beyond the players. It's the administrators um, across the game and former players and the fans we need to be shaken up um because um it's coasting downhill sort of thing at the moment and the wallabies are a team far from their potential um and as far as i can see um eddie's the man or eddie's one of those types of people who can shake up and, and get those sort of immediate results rugby on the roar Harry Reg, uh, all of a sudden, Super Rugby is a week and a half away, and I don't know about I don't know about you two, but I'm not entirely ready for it. Um, I've got a game of cricket between now and then, which I'm actually quite worried about. But what have you made, Reg, of um, of trial form so far? The the Reds have had uh, a win and a loss, haven't they? Uh, yes, a big win over the Force, and then that um, sort of narrow one pointer to the mm. Waratahs on the weekend. Uh, look, it's hard, you know, it's hard to watch trial footy. I mean, for the first time, um, uh, Stan, or not for the first time, but, but it's been covered on Stan yeah. quite well, which is good. I think some bar TV has covered the, the other games, which I haven't yep. caught up on. Um, the Force versus Reds game, I didn't see. Um, look, I, I can I start by saying I'm the opposite for you. I am ramped up for Super Rugby. And, oh, right, twofold, um, Well, twofold, on the back of the Six Nations. So the Six Nations has been fantastic yeah. footy. And part of me goes, well, that's Six Nations. And it is. You know, it's a great tournament and they're wonderful teams. But I, I don't want to discount the quality of these new laws um, because what I saw in that Reds-Waratahs game, again, only a trial, but 
the intensity, the pace, and the ball and play were significantly higher mm. than what I can remember sort of rugby last year. So it's got me really excited. Maybe on the back of the 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 you know the Eddie calls to action as well. But uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've got a sense that that rugby's in a good place from that perspective. Mm. There's a great opportunity with that. Um, so, so that's the quality of footy. So I'm getting excited about that. I'm happy to delve. Uh, you got another, another 20 minutes I can talk about the Reds for? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, mate. We're all out of time. No, we're, we're, we're all done. Look, my I watched the um, I watched the second half of the, the Waratahs-Reds game on, on Saturday night, and my initial feeling was that the Waratahs looked a bit sharper, but I think Queensland actually felt, uh, finished, finished stronger, and I think that was probably reflected in the score in the end. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they both go uh, go in, into into round one. I think the force have got a trial on Thursday night this yeah. week, I believe. Um, Here in Brisbane, playing... down at West, we're playing uh, Fiji Drua. Uh, no, it is Drua and Drua. Yeah. At West Rugby Club on Thursday night, I think about 7 o'clock. So for those local, watch it. Otherwise, I think it'll be on stand as well. I, but, think, it um... on, I think it is on stand. The the little – I haven't seen the, the Brumbies, Reds, uh, Rebels game or, or the Waratahs game. I'm, I'm not entirely sure the Brumbies coaches were particularly thrilled with performances. Right. Um, reading Laurie Fisher, Harry put out a, a, a tweet um, that just yeah. sort of reading between the – lines a little bit i reckon they might have got a bit of a rocket in the sheds afterwards um, it was one of those it was one of those great laurie fisher tweets where he you know tells it as it is and he said yeah look it wasn't quite where we wanted to be but we've got big opportunities and all that to get it right before round one you know so it's all up from here and i just reckon i don't reckon that's what you said 10 minutes after full time I love that guy. I feel like I would really pl- love to play for Laurie Fisher mm. because I think he's very honest. He's the most honest coach on Twitter for sure. He engages. Mm. Um, I've been watching all this rugby um, and I've been watching his maximum, you know, as amounts as I can just for the shape of it. Kind of like Reg is talking about, like, what is the shape of the rugby going to look like as it's adjudicated mm. differently? Um, what the channels will look like? Uh, I feel like there's more um, unders lines, there's more angles mm. being run across the board. Mm. Maybe it's because you don't have to leave as many cleaners in your configuration, um, but I'm fascinated. And so beyond the, you know, who won who, because it doesn't matter in trials. And maybe no. the one one subplot would be, is there going to be a bolter somewhere? I guess that's what's always interesting in World Cup years is, you know, who is the one possible wallaby that no one has even foreseen mm. that will be um, uh, instrumental. But I do think it's interesting to see how the players are adapting. And um, I'm, I'm sure that ruck speed is replacing line speed as the most uh, bellowed, uh, you know, command from the line from the from the sidelines, um, and so I think that's interesting too. Um, I guess it's always just really exciting to watch uh, the guys come out and and approach a new season. But I don't. I still think the whole thing is the backdrop of Wallaby selection. Still, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Absolutely. a fair point. It feels like everything that happens now is going to be viewed through a lens of all right. Who's in a Wallaby 15 this week? And then we're going to do that <laughs> every week for 15 weeks plus finals and and, and we'll go from there. I've, I've done um, it three or four times this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you are you are every bit as, as ramped up as you say. Um, I feel like this is a loaded question, Reg. Um, are New South Wales the early favourites again? Again? Like you've been for the first time since 2014. Mate, come on. No, They're the I, perennial look, favorite I... champions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, <laughs> look, no, I, I wasn't overly impressed with them, to be honest. Um, I'd I, I thought, expect I'm, nothing I'm really, else, Yeah, no, <laughs> I was quite happy with the Reds' performance, to be honest. Yeah. I think they're particularly sharp in the first half. Um, I, I think their back row was fantastic. Their offloading game, you probably missed a bit, particularly in the first half. The, the combinations there, um, Wilson, uh, McWright, and Wright. Liam Wright's my darkie, mate. Yeah. I, I think he's he's the one that the Wallabies need and uh, would fill that gap. His line-out work was sensational, let alone his physicality um, and his work over the ball was exceptional. Um, he yeah. could leapfrog um, Queensland's Harry Wilson as a push, but I think he's exceptional. Isaac Henry was fantastic too. But look, I, I, New South Wales were good, absolutely. Um, I, I still, I, I don't think they know who their best 10, 15 yeah. combination is yet, and that's a, that's a real challenge. Um, their locks, Ned Hannigan's out for four to six weeks. So that's another lock challenge. You know, they don't have uh, uh, true locks um, at the moment. Um, you know, they'll have some players coming back. Obviously, Hooper will be great um, and uh, and Will Harris and things like that. Mm. But um, I, I, there's still just a few too many question marks as to who are those critical positions for them. Yeah. And similarly, Brumbies, if you head down south, 
I, I don't know who look and they're probably the other they've got a couple of questions over 15 but lalessio uh, um uh, jack de brazini who picks i think that's it's not uh, a big I don't, issue. I don't there. think there's any doubt at all. Lulasio is playing ten. Do you think? And a, would you reckon yeah. Jack would be ten or uh, fifteen? Sorry. Or well, I know. I, so I I knew they'd signed Jack Debrasini yeah. about oh, July last year. I reckon I heard. Yeah. Um, and and the way it was explained to me was that he was cover for for fifteen and and, and a bit of ten, but they yeah. primarily saw him as a bit of like. I think they saw him as the guy to wear number twenty-two. Yeah, I guess is, yep. is, is yep. how is how it was sort of sold, sold to me. So yep. I don't think there's any doubt at all that that Lolisio will be guiding yeah. the ship. I think they've been very deliberately. Well, I'm glad um, about that because he deserves it, and he's been. Yeah, yeah, and elsewhere. look, I'd I'd love to sit down. Um, and I was was actually supposed to sit down and have a have a coffee with Stephen Larkham in October last year, but um, but COVID. So you're busy. You said no, Steve. Sorry, mate. I've got other priorities. COVID had other ideas. I actually had genuinely had oh, to send him a text, mate. I'm saying, I'm sorry. Can you believe it? Um, but it's it's interesting, <coughs> Harry. Um, um, and Reg mentioned him. Harry Wilson was – he actually looks like he was playing like the guy that Scott Robinson noticed yeah. 18 months ago. He's, he's in the open. He's busting tackles. He's offloading. He's actually showing a bit of pace about him as well. Like it's a – dare I say, it's like a 22 or 3-year-old Dwayne Vermeulen type type performance at the moment and i and i hate you know really talking guys up after trial games but it was a really yeah. noticeable noticeable game from the from him the other night yeah harry's a, i think he should be a squad man at least in the world cup mm. um his pants are not as tight anymore um <laughs> he's i i, I think he's got good pot, of he's got good work but he's got that like um he's always ready he's always offering himself the carry I think that that's one thing that in the Rennie era was a little bit lost. I mean, there was definitely people that could get over, like Rob uh, Valentini, and you had at times Samu come on, the dashing pirate. But I just think <laughs> you you it's, you have to find your carry somewhere. When I mean, you actually yeah. draw it up and you say, okay, so I got 80 minutes, I got yeah. this many carries, and I need to have someone's going to take 20 of them. What are they going to look like? Um, and I just think he's he's really he's shown several times, maybe twice already, that he can reinvent himself, Harry Wilson. So I think I like a guy like that. He's willing to mm. try things, do martial arts, you know, learn how to wiggle better, do some judo, whatever. I whatever he's trying to do, I would reward it. Actually, it's very interesting, like the reinvent yourself question. Christy Doran had a really good pod uh, with uh, Darren Coleman, yeah. and the question was. In the rags to riches, us against the world. We're just, you know, you know, battling. No one takes us seriously. We got no respect. That story, and he said, and Darren was was honest. Like we don't have it anymore. Now we're, you know, thirty yeah. bucks yeah, tomato true. tomato sauce aligned stadium. You know, <laughs> um, brushed concrete, waxed seats. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy in there. It's uh, it's unbelievable stadium. And he said, so now we have everything. What's the story now? I think that's yeah. fascinating. To your question of are they the favorites, they have to wear the favorite crown for this to work, you know. The um, expectation is going to be so yeah. much higher on them this year. Like the headlines are already yeah. already coming. So there is no hiding for New South Wales this year. There's, mm -hmm. there's just not. No, and I think you look at that. So Ireland has been able to wear the crown. They've been comfortable. Yeah. They, they feel like they're getting there. The French maybe look like a little bit uncomfortable. And so it's so fascinating. Uh, who can who can go, you know, right, wire to wire? I mean, for me, on the 10 issues, Tain Edmund all day long, I think Tain needs to be stuck into some pressure situations to see what he's made of by the Wallabies even. Uh, just think that kid's good. I think he's a goer. I think um, I think he loves it. And I think he, he's, he's going to be something. But... Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by a coach that's that honest to say my old story is not going to work, and I'm interested to see what Darren comes up with next. Yeah, yeah, it will be it will be fascinating. On in terms of for everything that Eddie Jones has talked about, what he's wanting to do this year, <laughs> Harry, how how important is Australian wins, like not just all throughout Super Rugby, but particularly these first few rounds? Like, how, how important yes. is is a good start? Yeah, it's such a good question, you know, but we forget sometimes these are young men. And so I think there are emotions. And I do think winning is its own thing. It's its own, um, it's its own um, kind of like mindset. So mm. you, it's just dropping and losing and then saying, but we're getting better. Like even if you can literally say like Dave Rennie, uh, losing to Ireland and, and the French by a couple of points is actually better. I mean, 
Oh, the Wallabies lost to Ireland better than the French lost to Ireland. Yeah. Um, the the Wallabies pushed the French to the hilt, and it looked beautiful. Mm. It looked like something that could have made it its way forward. But you're still losing. <laughs> so, yeah. so I do think, and then, you know, maybe even the Italian loss doesn't look so bad right now, by, by yeah. the way. Um, but um, I do think that at some point you need to rediscover what it's like to put your foot on the neck and crush it. Uh, yeah. choke it out and go. And so I think um, there's a bit of that going on, but I still think it's more about the shape. You know, what kind of rugby is going to be played? Could Eddie get with the coaches from each of the clubs and really kind of hone more of a style? Yeah. Uh, that's That remains to be seen. I don't know what those backroom uh, discussions he's, he's are gonna like. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. And if he's any chance of living up to what he's been talking about, Reggie, he'd, he'd have to have been having those conversations already. Yeah, which again is one of these fascinating dynamics. I mean, I I want to be in the room when Eddie Jones is talking to Brad Thorne. You know, I, I just yeah. think that's a yeah, yeah, a fascinating conversation. And you know, genuinely, I think they'll you know be nice and civil and all that sort of stuff. But uh, two different types of coaches. <laughs> I guess yeah, I feel, absolutely, um, absolutely, and, and and what that means. And and look, and it comes this over underlying factor is that Brad's under pressure this year. You know, and, and mm. probably so it's Kevin Foot down in the Rebels and it's yeah. Steve Larkin's first year back. And as we've said, Coleman's got a lot to prove second year. And yeah. then you've got Simon Cron over in the first year There's, in a, there's, a, first, there's yeah. a lot on those guys to deliver. So, God, how much do they trade off what I've got to deliver as a coach to get me paid and, and feeding my family next year versus making sure Eddie looks good? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Uh, to to finish, Reg, what do we what do you know about the the New Zealand teams? Have you have you have you read much from over the over the ditch? Have you seen much of the Indrua so far, or Moana Pacifica? Nothing at all. I'm entering this season as I always do with blind focus <laughs> on the Australian teams and full uh. expectation and hope that the Kiwis have nosedived in the off season. Um, so yeah, no, I actually. Just saw some results the other day over there, but nothing. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, too blinkered when it comes to Super Rugby and totally on the Australian teams. I will try and get out to the West on Thursday night and sit in draw, mm. but uh, who cares about the Kiwis, mate? We, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with them. They, like, no. like uh, was it Scott Johnson said once, there's just some poxy little couple of islands in the Pacific. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, Welcome back to the year to our uh, to our New Zealand <laughs> listeners. Of course, look, no one does parochialism in Australian rugby quite like. Did he just take my Twitter handle down, Brett? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just see if I can bold that. Uh, yeah, look, um, Harry, you're a little bit more red than Reg and I, evidently, at this point of year. What do you, what have you noticed about the New Zealand team so far? No, so there's actually um, a lot of players that have gone to Japan. A lot of players mm. that are that's, that's what I seem to be hearing. Yeah. 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 So what you're probably going to is a new uh, uh, generation of terrifying wingers who, who yeah. we don't know about are going to roll over <laughs> everyone yeah. Yeah. again. And you're going to, yeah. how do they keep making these guys with knees the size yeah. of our waists? You know, there's, another, there's another 15 yeah. loose forwards just sitting in the wings <laughs> ready to just to be distributed around the five teams. Crusaders no. have got an amazing goal-kicking, playmaking number yeah. 10. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's already kicking at 95% <laughs> and throwing 30-metre passes, yeah. I did see that Moana Pacifica has kept, you know, the core of their team, and I think yeah. they're going to be good. Um, and they were good already. They were actually very good for a beginning team. But I would look for them to to do well, actually, this year. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it is. Look, as I say, it's, it's a bit over a week and a half to go. Um, we look forward to it. Reg, it's been great to have you on. Thanks so much for finding some time to, to help us get back into the swing of rugby for this year. Uh, thanks, thanks guys. It's been a pleasure. If, if anything, you've just enhanced my uh, excitement and enthusiasm for round one um, in a couple of weeks' time. Good on you. The Roar. Harry, great to have Reg Roberts on the uh, on, on the pod. Um, I, I, t- I told you you two would be peas in the proverbial pod. You've got similar ideas around things. Uh, just you know, good to have you know genuine lover of the game on the first part of the year or second part of the year. We were on a month ago, weren't we? No, he's a good guy. I like Reg. He's, he's like Joe Q public, but the Q is Queenslander. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, it was good. We mentioned Six six Nations there a, a couple of times. Um, it's been a hell of a first two rounds, hasn't it? Ireland beat France 32-19 in Dublin. Uh, Scotland thumped Wales 35-7 uh, in Edinburgh. 
um, and England got over the top of Italy as well to round out round two. What's your – it sort of feels like the pecking order is like not just obvious but like established and it doesn't really look like it's going to change much. Yeah, I think everything actually has sort of played out like most really keen watchers thought it would with a, a few wrinkles. And one, the one wrinkle is Scotland. Scotland's a little bit better uh, at this point than they have been in a while. And that's because Scotland has, for three or four seasons in a row, won the Calcutta Cup and then done a stink bomb against Wales. But Wales is so weak right now that that didn't play out. So Scotland's sitting pretty. So so the Scotland, Fran the French... Um, the Scottish French game actually is huge. I mean, actually, yeah, it's, yeah. it sets up you know early on in the tournament very nicely. The next, the round three. Uh, the other thing that you know was probably pretty predictable, even if you have hype, is the um, Borthwick and Gatlin coming into yeah. set, setups that were that had had something wrong with them. I mean, we can debate about how wrong it was and what was wrong, but there was something wrong with the setup. And as Borthwick famously said. When he looked at all the stacks, they were tenth or eleventh. We he wasn't we very he, good at anything. Yeah, and and you know, and, Ed, and Eddie said that that was um, crying the milk and excuses. But I don't think I think Eddie would have done the same thing in the same situation. And he but said, the he Eddie that Express said he's right. We weren't good at anything. Is that, well, hang on, you can't both be right about this. So what you see is that Borthwick did some changes. Uh, he actually yeah. said, "I have a ten. I don't have a ten, twelve, twelve, ten. I just have a ten. It's yeah. Owen." And let's see what happened. That that bore fruit. Having a playmaking midfield that bore fruit. Um, yeah. I do I do think you know he'll he'll drop sacred cows. You know, believe Vanapola doesn't just get to keep doing it. Michael Vanapola. So I think that's good. With Gatlin, the problem is there's not much he can do except no. bring very young players, take the losses, and tell everyone. You know, but there's a longer story here. We're not giving up yeah. on the World Cup, but we're kind of giving up on the World Cup. Yeah. And, he's got to yeah. he's got to utter the two words that no coach likes saying: rebuilding year. Yeah, rebuilding. But I do think the the games themselves are very high quality. You look at the yeah. Ireland French game. Ball and play forty six minutes. That was unbelievable. Um, that was it was an, it was yeah. an unbelievable game. It really was. I do think the fitness levels of the Irish are paying paying off. You can yeah. see that to play yeah. that type of rugby, to send cleaners that far, because they're doing they're building rucks all over the pitch. Yeah. Um, and it's really important that you have a James Ryan playing so well, Tyburn, they can get there in time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting tournament so far. I, I think you'd say that um the, the game last weekend you know probably decided it already maybe yeah. maybe yeah. i don't see i don't see the irish dropping a game now no nah, it's hard to say it feels like they've played the two biggest obstacles already so yeah. yeah look they just look really dangerous and when you see a bit of james slipper prop offload porn <laughs> like we did it was just oh my goodness so as an australian watcher do you get sad to watch so many like high performing like the scottish I, 12 the scottish 12 yeah. is an aussie right i mean he's playing yeah, Sione, so well. yeah. played played nrc for melbourne came through the melbourne rebels and then suddenly was told he was too small yeah so are you serious he's jack one of the dempsey best in the game now yeah, you have Jack Dempsey, you have Mac Hansen, you have some high performers. Yeah. I know, you know, the Scottish Matt, team stacked with staffers. So. Mac Hansen, he's he's going to remain, um, uh, he's going to remain a sticking point because there's still a train of thought that the Brumbies were stupid to let him go. The Brumbies didn't let him go. They put they they gave him a two or three year offer. He decided it was time for him to go and see see the world. Interesting, yeah. And he did it with see, an Irish passport. Did you see him in like a cartoon trying to get out of Antoine Dupont's? Uh, oh capital? yeah. What a tackle that was. That was unbelievable. It's like, it like a nightmare you yeah. have sometimes where you cannot run. Like, oh, I yeah. just cannot get yeah. out of this. And it's and it's only because I only because I got to know Mac a little bit that I actually found it funnier than it was. <laughs> so it's like, mate, you are still not even 80 kilos. You can't get out of that tackle. Mate, don't it, was, the... it, it was even funny when you, you saw his face that the, the, the close-up and he looked very like <laughs> like stunned. Like, how did that happen? It was like, it was like when you it's like when I pick up my small dog and he's just just just, just legs going everywhere. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. And it's, and it's um, been done to you by a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the best the best guys on the field for obviously. Um Catch me up on the uh, on the URC. I have to admit, I was roughly keeping track of things up until Christmas, and then I stopped watching rugby and reading rugby news for about three weeks. So there's about four rounds left, I think, um, and it's sort of you know it's 
been cemented the places. Leinster hasn't lost. Uh, the Stormers yeah. are firmly in the second spot. Ulster has actually been playing better and better. Uh, Fermilion's yeah. been very good for them, by the way. But they've just got a really tough team. Yeah. Um, you got your familiars up there as well. Glasgow actually is playing better than Edinburgh. Glasgow's Edinburgh. going going well. Munster's struggling yeah. a bit. Edinburgh could sneak in. Uh, Munster's a little bit better than before, but still doesn't look like a semi-final yeah. team. And then Edinburgh might sneak in because I don't think Benetton maybe can hang on. But yeah, you're going to have the Sharks, Bulls, Stormers. You're going to have the Leinster, Munster. You're going to have Ulster um, yeah. looking pretty good. And then Glasgow and perhaps Edinburgh. I do think you look at it as, you know, it's basically who could beat Leinster. Um, yeah. And that's going to be complicated or affected by the Six Nations. Um, so you do, you know, there, there's definitely a, there's definitely still a game afoot, but um, it's Leinster, Stormers, Ulster probably looking very good now. Yeah. How how far off the other three South African teams are the Lions this year? Yeah, not not too good. They just they really don't have the horses. Um, there's yeah. so many players that left the Lions uh, that are yeah. doing very well elsewhere, but no, it's, it doesn't look very good for them. And also in the um, you know the round of sixteen that we have for the European uh, yeah. champions, you know, the Stormers actually have a nice matchup with the Quins. Uh, I think the Sharks uh, have a nice matchup. Bulls are going to play Toulouse. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of really good rugby cu- coming. So yeah. just just to be clear for the listeners, South African teams can play in the in the cup, but they cannot have a home semifinal. So at, at semifinal, no matter what the relative record is, this was the deal that was struck. Uh, oh, they have to go on, right. have to go on the road. So it's a tough one. Um, and again, Leinster is you know trying to win the double and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, so um, Stormers could hope could earn a home semifinal, and they'll have to go and play it in London or something. Yeah, yeah. So, like Stormer yeah. Saracens, no matter what their relative record is, they would play it in, yeah, uh, right. in London. Yeah, right. Oh, dodgy, dodgy. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you'll you'll have to keep me up to scratch for the URC. We obviously don't see much of it in Australia. We get to see the um, <coughs> Champions Cup, uh, which we'll certainly keep an eye on over the coming weeks as it as it goes. But yeah, you'll have to keep me up to date uh, on the URC. Um, I touched on the crazy preseason news, and this will be the spot where we talk about. You know, a few little news items going going forward for the rest of the pod as we've done uh, throughout all of last year. But, mate, I reckon that might be us done for episode 49. It's the second episode of 2023 of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. And thanks so much to a whole heap of you who left us a rating or a review over the New Year break, like Stephen did, who said, just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed your podcast. I do love the humour, but know it's backed by quality analysis of rugby presented by two oaks who are clearly passionate about the game. Please enjoy your break and look forward to a more in the new year. Regards, Stephen. That was yeah, it was uh, just before Christmas you left that. So thanks, Stephen. Hope you've um, hope, hope you're back with us this year. Um, and of course, do leave us a, a review and and, and, a, and a rating. It does help the algorithms and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's been great to get back into the swing of things in time to, to start the 2023 Super Rugby Pacific season. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice and ensure you get every new episode when it drops into your notifications. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. It's great to be able to say once again that we'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.